You're listening to a podcast by Mission Field USA, a church planting initiative of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. For more information and resources, visit lcms.org slash church planting. Welcome to another installment of Mission Field USA. I am the Reverend Dr. Steve Shave, Director of LCMS Church Planting. With me today is also Reverend Dr. Mark Larson, our Program Manager for LCMS Church Planting. Welcome, Mark. Hello, Steve. And we are very pleased again to have with us uh, Dr. Detlev Schultz from Concordia Seminary in Fort Wayne. Hello, Dr. Schultz. Hello, Steve. And Dr. Schultz is Professor of Pastoral Ministry and Missions. He's the Dean of Graduate Studies, the Director of Ph.D. in Missiology Program, and also the Co-Director of International Studies. So he is the real deal. But he's also the author of Mission from the Cross, and that's really what we're going to talk about today, the kind of a quintessential book on, on mission. So, Dr. Schultz, I know this is kind of your world, your domain. How about you get us started with just a working definition of what is missiology? Well, <clears throat> missiology is a very important part of theological education. You um, have to think about outreach and also not only outreach of an existing congregation to others around in the neighborhood, but also of uh, planting churches, new churches. And uh, missiology would have to be then the study, uh, a, a study conducted on the strategies and uh, the reasons for planting a new church and for reaching out to others. So it's not directly mission itself, but uh, a critical and helpful constructive study of the mission of the church. And last time we talked about the church, we talked about ecclesiology, we said it was kind of a good launching off point for church planting because, you know, ultimately you do need to know what is the church if you're going to be about church planting. But is there a connection between our missiology and our ecclesiology? Is there a relationship there? And is it fair to say that church planting, as it's been said, is actually at the intersection of missiology and ecclesiology. So where the two roads of church and mission meet, do we see church planting there? Well, uh, look at the scriptural evidence for that. Um, when you have um, the church existing in Jerusalem, you have soon churches emerging in Antioch, Ephesus, and elsewhere. So from uh, from the existence of a church to a church then replicating or uh, planting another one would uh, would have to be a, a natural outcome of of ecclesiology. So it's not not something that's alien or strange to it, but already from the biblical evidence we see that this is a natural phenomenon that occurred as the church expands and also plants new churches. Okay, and so I guess the the other question then is what if the two roads don't meet? What if the the roads of church and mission are never to meet. What is what is at risk then if the church is 
uh, out of the view here of mission. So rather than in our last discussion where we saw mission was actually in the DNA of the church, what if, what if we only see this in the view of missiology? What would be the danger there? Well, uh, missiology needs to remind the church of what, it's, uh, what it has to do, its task in the 21st century as in all, all centuries before, and in the Bible. Um, I, I can, uh, for example, refer you to the first missiological council, Acts 15, where the apostles came together to think through how they should strategize missions for all the Gentiles. And um, that's missiology. It's trying to, to uh, ask the church to do its task and to ask also what uh, hindrances, what obstacles stand in the way of pursuing that very task. And as you know, um, the mission of the church is a, and was understood and still is for, in, in missiological circles, understood to be the life expression of a church, not just one amongst many or a, a choice on the part of the church, but it is actually uh, its life, its life expression, its reason for existing here in this world. Okay, and so not losing sight of what makes the church church for the sake of mission, I think, is important that you have to have both the, the identity of the church and also what the church is called to do. Mark, you had a point about that? No, I was just, I was just had a question about missiology, I would believe would be, uh, you know, <clears throat> based on scripture, you know, that that's the understanding of, of where we get this whole concept and this whole field of study. But I was wondering, uh, Detlef, what is the role of sociology, if any, uh, as we're going out and, and defining our strategies and reaching out to the world, you know, sociology being the observation of human behavior, um, keeping in mind that it's the observation of uh, sinful behaviors, uh, certainly at times. Well, I mean, sociology is often the uh, scapegoat in, in missions. You know, many uh, see that as a compromise of theology. If one starts to engage uh, statistics and, and dem demographics and other things, but it's absolutely crucial to uh, to engage in sociology. Insofar as you know, you it would be foolish not to ask uh, uh, contextual questions. Where are the people we want to reach out to? Where are they located? And uh, what particular uh, needs are there that uh, these these uh, people need? So um, I cannot see us forego. Uh, uh, so, uh, sociological issues and uh, social sciences help us to direct ourselves to a particular point or locality where we want to do mission. So it's part of the uh, uh, missiology, part of the uh, task of, of, of engaging uh, in church planting, but it is not the only discipline that we engage. We, we do so critically and constructively by always being mindful of also the other component, which is our theology. Right, and I, I always keep yeah. in mind, uh, <clears throat> I think a wonderful uh, distinction that I try to bear in mind when I'm doing theology is, you know, that God did give us other mini uh, areas of study, and as long as they're used ministerially in relationship to the Scripture, you know, they can be helpful, but they should mm -hmm. never dictate to the Scriptures. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean— People often forget what belongs to sociology. I mean, it's everything from facts, historical facts, as things have been done in the past, also what's currently done, language, you know, so geographics, demographics. There's so many things that need to be uh, brought into right. the uh, 
task of church planting. I mean, anybody who uh, says we need to plant in, in northern Indianapolis a church would also have to engage in, in, in the question of why are we going there, not in other places. The data will give us uh, the clue. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think it'd be too hard to find examples in Scripture of, of Jesus and especially Paul uh, using culture and, and sociology in, in sort of that sense of understanding people, to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as he goes about the mission. Very right, good. right. Uh, another thing I need to add here, just to, to backpedal a little bit here, <laughs> um, the Church is not really to see herself as the major deciding body whether it wants to do mission or not. I mean, we have to locate mission in the in the triune God, and so the Church uh, is uh, in the mission of the triune God, so it's, it's not at her disposal to adopt mission or not to decide whether to postpone it or to uh, <laughs> to do so abandon it altogether it's 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 very crucial to think uh, the mission of the church in in light of the mission of god himself yes yeah. that's a, that's a good point yeah. so so not only is this not in a vacuum you are sent to this place among these people but uh we can go down the wrong road as well if we only go down the road of ecclesiology and we don't intersect with missiology by not recognizing that mission is a primary task of the church. So I do, I do think that would be the other caution for us, that we don't want to go down only the road of ecclesiology either when it comes to church planting. It's not optional. It's not optional. <laughs> Very yeah. good. All right, guys. It's a character of sentness, too, you know. Yes, we, uh, right, We always absolutely. have to feel ourselves being sent into this world and not just to to abstain from from looking at, at people around us to whom we are sent. Yes, you just put the missio in missiology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we kind of got a grasp, then, that we, we are about the mission of the Church, Um what do you think would be a good way to start in terms of telling others the reason for starting a new church? So how would we begin the discussion of the biblical reason behind why the church starts new churches? Well, it's uh, as I've said, it's uh, an indispensable component of the church's existence in this world. I mean, uh, after all, the Lord did say, go, go ye. And the uh, I mean, by going, we we don't just go in a, uh, and and uh, make individual Christians. We also ensure that these individuals are brought together mm-hmm. in the name of the Triune God, and then are allowed to worship in His name and to receive the gifts that He has provided. Yeah. So, uh, an individual or individualized uh, focus uh, of mission needs to be complemented with a corporate understanding of bringing those that have uh, uh, been justified into a circle that can worship uh, God and and, and practice uh, in the community their, their faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think based on what you're just talking about, most people would, would base that on Matthew 28, 19, where, where the disciples are sent to go yeah. and to make disciples of all nations. And they're told, how do you make disciples? It's by teaching the triune God, as you just said. It's by baptizing into the name of the triune God, uh, and it is corporate in that they become the body of Christ, and people are brought into the family of God who were once lost. So I think that is a, a good biblical rationale. I think also you could point to Acts chapter 2, 
Um, that's a good place to see how the pattern of church planning is taking place in the New Testament. That that is the means by which also uh, disciples are being made through starting new missions. And you know, obviously in the diaspora, they'll be scattered uh, around the ends of the earth to do this as well. I think um, even in Romans fifteen twenty. Uh, it's interesting, you know, you think of St. Paul and his missionary journeys, but he specifically says there, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel. But then he goes on to say, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. So not only is he talking about, you know, building up the church uh, where he has gone before, but also to go to new places uh, to preach the gospel in these, in these locations where Christ has not been named yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have that situation in the United States. Amen. I mean, the po- the population is outgrowing uh, church that uh, starts. So uh, we need to think about uh, also the practical reason that uh, that there are uh, population groups now where we are not located mm-hmm. with with the current church. So the concept of oh, I will assimilate uh, members, new members into my church, that just won't work. Right. Yeah, and there are people of other religions um, in certain pockets of the United States. There, you know, even where I served in the inner city, you know, you wouldn't think this possible, but you can meet a child and talk to him about Jesus, and he's never heard the name Jesus. That almost seems impossible, and yet that's that's where we are in the United States right now. Yeah, in uh, Titus chapter 1, I always think it's kind of interesting that Paul is speaking to the elders there and said, um, that is why I put you there so that you could appoint elders mm. in every town. Yeah. You know, it just, you know, go all over the place and, and plant churches. Right. Amen. Mm-hmm. Very good. And then uh, kind of touching on the biblical reasons, I think there are just some practical reasons for us as, as the church as well to be about uh, church planting. I thought it was kind of interesting. It was a couple years ago um, that the LCMS was involved in a LifeWay research project, and it was to kind of identify uh, the the ins and outs of what's going on with church planting in the United States. And just some practical reasons came out of it as well. Um, one being that uh, church planting was identified as being the most effective means to reach the lost. So if we want to be about making uh, disciples of all nations, um, church planting seems to be crucial, especially as Mark's pointing out, in those places where we just aren't, where we don't have a strong presence in this place, uh, you know, a practical reason is that this this is, you know, an effective means if we want to be about reaching the lost. Another uh, reason was that it energizes the base and it brings revitalization to the church body at large. So again, uh, a common misconception, um, maybe even a myth, is that, you know, we're so drained of resources, you know, we just don't have the, the capacity to, you know, be a mother congregation to a daughter congregation. Well, what the research found was if you want to infuse <laughs> some new life, if you want to see, you know, new ways of reaching disciples through, you know, obviously, we, I don't mean that in outside of our, our w- means of mission through word and sacrament, but in a culturally uh, uh, appropriate way of how, how do we do outreach? You know, how do we show mercy? How, how You know, what are these different ways that we can reach our, our neighbor with love? That, that sort of thing. Um, but it actually would energize, you know, not drain 
uh, the the existing uh, congregations. Likewise, um, if if we're talking about all nations, um, another practical reason was just more diversity because what they discovered was that 60% of new starts were actually either cross-cultural or multi-ethnic. So what do you think, Dr. Schultz, in terms of just practical reasons why the church needs to consider church planting? Well, I mean, one one startling statistics is that um, our population, uh, the white uh, population of the LCMS is dwindling. Uh, we are closing churches more than we are opening. So I think, you know, just from a mere pers- uh, perspective of our future, um, one would have to say that... Um, Looking at church planting is is a necessary task mm-hmm. for for our existence here in America if we want to be diversifying our membership. Um, as you rightly pointed out, that um, looking at these uh, ethnic groups that are uh, immigrating to the United States that already exist here, uh, just like we once started working to the amongst the Germans who came here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also need to look at other ethnic groups and mirror the society a little more with our uh, future membership. Right, and that that has been part of the DNA of the LCMS from from our it history. Has, yeah. It has. Yeah, this it isn't has. something new, I don't think, right? No, nothing new. I mean, it's just uh, perhaps you know seeing more, uh, as you say, the practical reason too that um, uh, the population, as I've said, is outgrowing us. It's it's moving into areas where we're not located. And uh, just to be present in, in, in all parts of, of this country would be uh, already a reason enough to, to think about church planting. Very good. Very good. And, and, you know, as you've said, too, though, this isn't just about the institutional preservation, which we certainly do um, uphold our confession of faith, but it is to be faithful to what God has called us to do. So if we find ourselves in this kind of new United States of America, um, we are called to be faithful by God, to, to be his church, uh, not to not to rest, but to carry on in, in that mission. Yeah, I mean, uh, just, just the idea of closing churches is something that uh, uh, we should not take lightly. Mm. And uh, since, since that happens, I mean... I don't know how many churches close a year, something like 3,500 a year of all denominations, mm-hmm. which is a startling number. Yes. And uh, so if we are as Christians aware of this, uh, then then all of us should uh, at least uh, put uh, our emphasis uh, uh, looking forward mm-hmm. and asking ourselves. I think a, a synod needs to ask two questions. Why do we even exist here in this country? Yeah. Why do we exist here in this locality, in this city? And how do we want to look like in, in 10 years, 15 years from now? Yeah. I mean, those would be two important questions that would relate to church planting. And and just to throw out a couple of numbers, sorry to do that, but yeah. uh, another number like you just mentioned, so it's 2%, about 2% of churches across denominations close every year. So that means to maintain the number of churches that we have, uh, again, a mother giving birth to a child, it's kind of the same idea of population, but it takes about 2%, which for us, you know, that'd be about 125 at least. Um, and there's plenty of opportunity. But the other kind of startling statistic is that only about 3% of churches are actively engaged in church planting. So um, plenty and plenty of opportunity for us to uh, be about new starts just to maintain that 2%. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, I was going to also say that um, 
a strong motivation for all of this ought to be our our love for the lost. I mean, yeah. they they need <laughs> Christ. Right. Yes. They need salvation. Yes. yes. And uh, you know, uh, when I think about those uh, the, the parables of Jesus, the lost coin and the lost sheep. Uh, I mean, if any of us are parents, mm. you know, if we've ever lost track of our child, even for a moment, mm. you know, it's that feeling of desperation. And, yeah. I, and I think that's really what the scripture is yeah. calling us to yes. is there's some people missing and they're lost. Mm. It's not it's not their fault. I think when we think of lost, we think of like the other who are not us. Yes. But I, I think when we call them the lost, it should be in that sense of. It should well within us a, a feeling of deep desire to find them. Yes, yeah. You know, like if yeah. you, I don't know if you've ever lost track of any of your children, Steve, or, <laughs> Not that uh, I'm or if you had that podcast, but it happens. I know it happens. The you know, yeah. Well, you have four kids, you know, so I. I when, maybe they never ever straight. My my parents. We had four kids in my family when. They never lost track. Of it. They oh, never lost us. You you know, but I know it happens. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, and that's a sense it, of it's, urgency. It's, yeah, that's a sense of urgency. And yeah. when we when we throw out something like you know the United States of America is the third largest mission field in the world because we have the greatest number of we're talking about human beings that are lost. I mean that that is the sense of urgency that we this we were talking about millions upon millions upon millions. Our neighbors, our family, our friends. Um, that are are lost, that are outside the kingdom of God. I mean, um, if that doesn't drive you, you're right. I mean, we we understand uh, our our good comprehension of the doctrine of election and and predestination and all the rest. But but you're absolutely right. We we can't lose sight of when we just throw out numbers that we are talking about real individuals for which Christ has died. The Father has sent His Son to make that ultimate sacrifice, um, and and again, this isn't just about uh, you know uh, uh, an institution. This is truly uh, to seek and to save the lost. Amen to that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't leave this in the abstract, you mm. know, to plead uh, for uh, for reaching out to the neighbor. You've got to put that face to everyone that we think of here, yeah. uh, living in this country. Who are they? What do they look like? Where do they come from? Uh, these are issues. I mean, that embrace a good uh, a good study on on demographics, on localities, and and to ask, you know, let's strategize mission over here and over there because we actually know who these people are. Who is my neighbor? Right. Um, right. That's a crucial uh, part of, of of starting church planting. And Christ is so clear about that, you know? I mean, whether it's the prodigal son, you know, you're just yeah. talking about that lost that lost child, you know, when he talks about, you know, the sheep, um, you know what? 99 is not enough for Christ when there's 100, you know? And then when you talk about the coin, you don't just, oh, that's tough, you know, can't find it, let's just call it a day. You know, he's like into the night, you're going to keep mm-hmm. looking. You're going to go into the nastiest crevices and cracks, you know, where the spider webs and all the gunk yeah. are in the corners under the bed. You know, you don't stop until the coin is found. And then what happens when they find the coin? There's Guys, a party. There is a celebration in heaven mm-hmm. over one sinner that repents. I mean, what a beautiful picture that is of, of what it is to be about church planting is that, you know, we are going to say 99 is not enough 
when there's a hundred, and we're not going to stop looking for that lost coin until there's a celebration in heaven. Yeah, and and, and you want to see that the shepherd who does go out and seek the lost, that he's backed up by the by the church and by the community of faith. You know that this is not just a lone individual right. retrieving the sheep. You know, but that is. Uh, uh, that we as a church uh, are standing behind him and support him. Very good. Yes. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit more, um, you know, about the principles then for what it is to to plant a church in terms of our, our missiology, kind of a Lutheran understanding of that. And just to start, though, I mean, just to say, you know, uh, I understand, like you just mentioned, Mark, being being a parent. I mean, that's that's a daunting task to have that first child, you know, and and all the uh, unknowns and that sort of thing. But um, for as awesome of a task as it is to start a new mission, um, I also think we need to be careful not to completely overcomplicate that. And, and by that, I think it's it's really a good help just to identify what does it mean when we do say. A new church start. So I have the official, <laughs> our Lutheran LCMS definition of a new church start. And it's three things, okay? It's an intentionally organized gathering, number one. Number two, which comes together on a regular basis for the purpose of worship and or Bible study. And then number three is intended to grow into a member LCMS congregation. So we talked last time with Dr. Schultz about what it is to be a congregation, but those are the three things. It's intentionally organized gatherings, coming together regularly, worship and Bible study, and then the intention is that it will become an LCMS congregation. I don't know about you, but I think that makes it sound a little bit less of a daunting task. It doesn't say budgets and you know, salaries and buildings, you know, that that's the basic root of what it is to, to have a new LCMS start. What do you guys think about that? I think it's important to simplify it, as you say. If we start putting on too many things uh, on a plant and uh, shoot off year off into uh, trying to uh, establish uh, already um, uh, you know, or quantify the church by numbers and say, you know, you have to reach uh, at least uh, 200 or 150 or 125. Uh, these are all things that uh, kind of distract from the from the task of actually bringing each individual you meet into a circle of of worshiping uh, of worshippers. So, yeah, I do believe it's it's helpful to simplify it. And actually, you know, what I was thinking of too is. Leading up to a church plant, how do you get started? You know, probably will have to be discussed too at one stage. But yeah, yeah. I think so for, we, for somebody we, who's who's obliged to do it, yeah, to work with a very simple definition is very helpful. Right, right. And I think a lot of that has to do with you know where where does the LSMS need to be that we're not? And I think our districts do a pretty good job of that. I think sometimes it just naturally occurs. I mean, we do get calls here at our office. Uh, where there's a group of Lutherans that find themselves in a location where there just isn't a Lutheran presence. You know, they're saying, you know, hey, I have to drive an hour <laughs> away or yeah. two hours away if I want to go to a good uh, Lutheran church. And, you know, yeah. these are some things that are just kind of natural, but you're absolutely right. There does need to be some solid planning w- with your district representatives um, to make sure that this is going to be as good of a start as you can have. That's for sure. Yeah. 
And Steve, I was going to add, I, I think this is where missiology is touching base with ecclesiology. Mm-hmm. Um, ecclesiology says the church is people, yeah. believers. <laughs> and, and I think that simplifying that's this this definition is simplifying yeah. it to say, you know, hey, it's just people right. <laughs> gathering around the word of God. Right. That's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. As Luther says, you know, um, you know, it's it's God's holy people and and by the way, here are the things that make them God's holy people and, and then you have the church. So no yeah. doubt. Um another uh aspect of this that I thought was interesting in that that same uh Lifeway research uh study um as well was how do you have kind of the keys to a healthy start? Now, again, we don't want to stray off and, and say that the, this is not completely God's work uh, through his spirit. But there were some simple things that you can do, though, um, in terms of a healthy start. One was just to have the support of a mother congregation. That was kind of a, a crucial element of, of making sure that this child has a, a good start, which seems obvious. Another one was to meet in public places in terms of, you know, people can find it, you know, meet in a place that, you know, people can get to and find. Another was to focus on outreach. So from the very beginning, uh, you know, when you're gathering your core group together, uh, you know, from the very beginning, if outreach is uh, a primary task um, for this new group, that was also important to a healthy start. Uh, ensuring that the church planter and his family are supported uh, was another key factor as well. And then uh, one that I thought was kind of interesting is that it's in the DNA of the new start that they will also be about starting new churches. So one of the vital things for a, a healthy start there was that when this church is forming, it's already part of their mission that we're not the end. You know, this this is a church that is being birthed and that will birth other churches. So those those were kind of the keys to having a healthy start, which, again, I, I think that would help us, you know, if we have kind of an under, uh, you know, uh, simplified uh, understanding of, of what it is to be a new start. But those, those are some, to me, seem pretty simple in terms of a healthy start. What do you guys think about that? The uh, uh, key word there for uh, two issues that you listed is support. Yes. Uh, support of a mother congregation and support for the church planter. Right. And I think those are uh, uh, closely aligned. Mm-hmm. I, I strongly believe that a church planter should not be seen like Jonah out there on his own <laughs> without anybody there backing him up. So uh, that has to be thought through very well, that, right. that supporting group, uh, or, or the mother congregation should even be willing to second some of her members to uh, the church planter and say, look, we'll work together on this as a group. So you need very mission-minded congregants, members of a church that are willing to work together with a church planter. That would be uh, a, a very crucial uh, point, I think, uh, not to let the uh, church planter be all stranded on his own, and uh, most probably suffer from burnout and mm. fatigue. Right. Mark? Yeah, I think I'd add, too, that they know why they're there. When you talk about the focus on outreach, right. you know, um, you know, churches can form just to serve themselves. And so I, I think that is an important insight. You know, right. okay, we're not here just mm-hmm. to gather people who think like us, who look like us, or who are just Lutheran. We're here to reach people who may have never even heard about Jesus. Uh, and, you know, and, and then I, it is also a key insight, I, you know, that, uh, in the same way that they're reaching people by starting a church, they want to c- continue to do that. And right. that, 
again goes to their purpose of understanding that we're here to reach people who don't know Christ yet. Yeah, amen. And, you know, I think I mentioned it in our, our first discussion about the church, just the beauty to me of the simplicity, to gather a group of people together in something as simple as a funeral home chapel, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, get out the uh, the altar, which could just, you know, be a table, uh, have a bowl of water, have your bread and your wine, and you have all the riches of heaven to give to your community uh, to bring people into the kingdom of God. I mean, that is one of the the fantastic things is just to see God at work uh, through such simple, humble means, including uh, the very people who are there to serve. Right. right. And and your point of meeting in public places mm-hmm. uh, is also crucial. I yeah. think, uh, uh, you know, it's been my experience planting a church you use usually a neutral place where they can congregate. You know, it's it's somewhat difficult to use homes of people or of members or of a leading church member that uh, uh, would is willing to avail uh, uh, himself to uh, the church plant. But you know, it would be, I think, uh, crucial to always start looking for something uh, more of a neutral. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I never would have thought like an elementary school. You know, I, I yeah. think I'm, you know, of that mindset too, uh, thanks to people like Dr. Schultz, but, you know, just <laughs> in terms of sacred spaces. But, yeah. um, you know, you'd be surprised, you'd, you know, what you can do with, with a facility and how you can make that into, you know, even if it takes a lot of setup and takedown, but, I mean, you can make that into a, a sacred space when you're when you're starting off, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Movie theaters have become kind of places kind to of start a thing churches. Too. Yeah. Know kind of a thing too but but that's you know again where where will people be located and they can get there and they're you know again find themselves in, in a place that's been uh, set apart for for God's work for sure mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. very good all right so dr. Schultz uh, mm-hmm. diving into uh, missiology and the mission of the church with the very author of mission from the cross yeah. a quintessential book what what does it mean to you when when it said that the Lutheran Church plants Lutheran missions? Uh, you know, I would maybe see it a little like this. Uh, a mother, uh, a dog, can only bear puppies, you know. It cannot, <laughs> it cannot uh, uh, you know, give birth to, uh, to an elephant or something else, you know. Reasonable. So, uh, I see a Lutheran Church also uh, giving birth to a Lutheran church. That's what she is. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's what her product will look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're talking here not just, uh, we're not talking here of, of uh, mundane administrative structural <laughs> issues here. Right, right. We're talking about the actual uh, theology, confession, and belief that the Mother Church shares with those that are to form a new church and uh, will hopefully understand that faith that has been preached the same way as the preacher has brought it, and I think so that that would that would be crucial for me. It's, yeah, it's, uh, right. it cannot. Uh, I mean, you cannot produce something that is alien to yourself. Very true. Very true. Um, and I think you know we we're given you know what what that looks like as well. So uh, yeah. I I think maybe part of that discussion too is that we cannot say that doctrine and mission are mutually exclusive. Then. Is that yeah. is that fair to say? I mean, I think that's kind of our discussion too with ecclesiology, we, uh, we missiology. Have, this is really where uh, our church, Missouri Synod, has never really uh, uh, um, misunderstood doctrine. I mean, nobody uh, in our church forefathers, you know, from the founding father Walter to 
to the lure have always seen that the confession has something of an outward character, outward push mm-hmm. to people. Uh, it needs to be shared. Yeah. It needs to be shared. It's not something to be dwelt on uh, secretly or privately, but it is something that the world needs to hear. And uh, it was uh, fundamentally uh, built uh, uh, or placed in a missiological framework. That's how I see our theology uh, as it has been operative in, in the last century. Very good. And I think when you really understand the, the, the depths of the riches of, of our faith, it's been handed to us from the Scripture. I, I don't know why you would want anything else. You know, just the, <laughs> yeah. the gospel upon the gospel upon the gospel. You know, it's it's just an absolute treasure. Uh, it would be baffling to me why we would want to have any other sort of teaching. Very you know? true. Very true. <laughs> yeah. So, so right. So it's it's the treasure. I mean, even even our very confession of faith, we, we treasure it. We see it as a treasure. We don't want to see it become dingy. We don't right. want to see it, you know, being being destroyed. You know, we, we do see it in that light. And yet, as you said, if, if that truly is a treasure and there are people that are out there that are impoverished, you know, you don't just put a lock on the treasure chest and say, right. this is this is for us. No, you open up the treasure chest uh, to those people who are in poverty and uh, and you give freely of what God has has given to you. And I th- I think that was, you know, uh, you know, when Hope himself writes about the Lutheran Church plants, Lutheran missions, you know, that that was a big part of it. He He's saying, you know, I'm sitting here talking about confession, 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 but ultimately that means that you will confess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. ultimately yeah. it means you're not going to just eke out your meager existence. You you are you you know you are the stewards of this treasure because God is calling you to bring this gift to others. Yeah, I mean, yeah and and uh, we must uh, again uh, simplify confession. It's it's uh, the answer to Jesus' question: Who do you say I am? Yeah. Yeah, and we, yeah. we we confess Christ. Right. We point to Christ who died for all, not just for us. So uh, that's what our confession is meant to be. It's uh, 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 clarifying points uh, about Jesus and trying to bring uh, Jesus to others. As Amen. simple as that. Amen. Yeah. Very good. Well, guys, it was another fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your time. Dr. Schultz, thank you for being our subject matter expert again on the the topic of missiology. Um, You know, you've been there, you've done that, you've written about it, and uh, we're just really thankful that you uh, gave us your time to talk a little bit more to encourage others uh, that it's not as daunting (laughs) as you might think. It it can be, in, in a proper way, simplistic, beautiful, defined uh, if we simply understand what is the church, what is our calling, and God has called us into his his mission. So, uh, Dr. Schultz, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, Mark, thanks for uh, also helping to host today. Appreciate it. Always glad to be here. All right. So that's your next installment of Mission Field USA. Uh, Be sure to download this next podcast and share it with your friends. God bless. And make sure to plant churches. <laughs> make yes. sure to plant churches. Way to send us out. Get out there and yeah. start having uh, children. That's right. That's, that's what it's all about. Come on. All right. Thanks, Dr. Schultz, and okay. uh, thanks, thank everybody, you. for listening. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mission Field USA podcast for church planting. 
Visit lcms.org slash church planting for other resources and information to share your ideas and to contact us. The Mission Field USA podcast is a production of the Office of National Mission of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod in partnership with KFUO Radio. The Lord be with you.